You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. All right, welcome everyone to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I'm Rachel Chester. Thanks for listening today. I'm here with Ryan Leighton, our Egret Bay campus pastor. Thanks for being here. Yep, glad to be here. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been on a podcast with you. Yeah. It's good to have you here. Yeah. So we are starting a new sermon series this summer. Um, it's um, a study of the book of James, which is called Real Faith. Real is that Faith, right? yep. Real Faith. 12 weeks. And so during this sermon series, we're going to have a podcast series too, where we talk with uh, some of our pastors who are writing the sermons and giving the message for the sermons, preaching, um, just about sort of the background, sort of what you're thinking about and studying and just other things maybe you wanted to tell people, but you didn't have time or your personal thoughts about it. It's going to be really fun. I'm excited about it. Yeah, that sounds good. And you're first up. Because you are writing and preaching this first week, which uh, we want to encourage you to listen to the sermons. So mm-hmm. this first one is um, May 17th. Is yep. that right? Yep. If Wednesday, you're Wednesday, May 17th, yep. And then the 21st, if at you get all the other campuses. So make <clears throat> sure you listen to that sermon. Um, so then you'll really understand everything that Ryan's talking about. Because you're not going to rehash your whole sermon here. Uh, no, unless you want me to. Yeah. 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 No, yeah go. No, probably not. No, no. <laughs> Okay, so we're just going to run through some questions I have. Um, and anything else you want to add, we want to hear from you. Because uh, we don't really ever get to pick y'all's brains about what it looks like to write a sermon or just the other things you're thinking about. All right. Okay, so first, uh, if you had just one big takeaway from yeah. this message, just one thing you really wanted us to leave with, what what would that be? Um, yeah, so... Uh, the main point of this passage really begins in, in verse two, uh, where James just says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. And so uh, really the main takeaway is to count it all joy um, and to recognize that, yeah, we're going to go through all kinds of different trials throughout our life. And uh, the main call here is to count it all joy. So you're trying to have joy, even in the midst of all these tough times that you're going through, um, and then, yeah, he works through a few different reasons why. And so I have four, four reasons that we see in the text here why we can have joy in tough times, uh, that it's, uh, it's formative for us. It grows us into the likeness of Jesus. Uh, we can learn to trust his wisdom. We can rely on his resources. And then it allows us to live for his future reward. So that's the main point. Yeah. That's what I hope that people got away. Yeah, I came away with it. So my next question um, really works well within that. We talk about the big story, the big picture of the Bible a lot, um, that the whole Bible is one story that leads us to Jesus. So how does this particular passage or your message, how does it connect with that big story? Yeah. Uh, so there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in here. Um, and that, that's why it's fun to be able to do these podcasts because there's things that you can't really talk about as much, uh, when you're trying to, you know, keep it somewhat succinct on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. Uh, so I mean, really the book of James is interesting because James, uh, he, so he's, he's Jesus half brother. Uh, so we talk about that in the message some, uh, so his background is you, you see throughout the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, he's, he's. He's mentioned as someone who's kind of on on the outside, thinks that Jesus is a little bit crazy, right? Because he doesn't know like why he's going around and doing all this like itinerant ministry. Jesus is going around preaching. Then all of a sudden, like when you know Jesus goes to the cross, he's resurrected. And then really the the only other things that's mentioned about him is that now he's this leader in Jerusalem in the church. And the only thing that we see about his 
conversion is that he, at some point, is a witness to the resurrection. So um, Paul mentions that he he um, that Jesus appeared to him as well as the other apostles. So at some point there, Jesus or James sees his resurrected brother. Uh, and realizes that he is the Messiah. So that's why James begins by talking about he, he is the, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is the Christ, he's the Messiah that's been, uh, they've been awaiting since the, the, you know, the very beginning, um, that James finally realizes that. And so James is kind of known as this book of wisdom. And so he's drawn on a lot of things from the Old Testament and uh, in Proverbs. Um, he's also really straightforward with people. Like he doesn't have a lot of like fun little stories and anecdotes in there. Like he just tells it like it is. And part of it is because he's writing to people who are being persecuted and they're going through trials of various kinds. So he's, he's trying to challenge them and encourage them. And I would say the, the, the main the main challenge in all of this, or the main encouragement in all of this, kind of gets to the question of um, where does this fit in the big story of uh, of God throughout the Bible? Is James is directing our focus to like the end times, and so that's what you see throughout this. Even just the you know the the call to remain steadfast, to have its full effect will make you perfect, complete, lacking in nothing, which is not something that we'll experience in this life, but we grow towards to eventually stand before God fully glorified, where we get to experience uh, a perfect, complete, lacking in nothing kind of experience. And then the very last uh, verse of the passage uh, for this week was, Blessed is man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. And so again, just directing our focus that from the very beginning, this has been God's plan to eventually, uh, ha- you know, we stand before him and we have the crown of life on our, on our heads that we even see uh, pictured in, in Revelation. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the, the big picture that James has and, and the role of, of suffering and going through trials and all that is, is, um, is really formative for us that has a part in us eventually realizing that... Um, that fully glorified state before God yeah, as confusing as that might be for us while we're in it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. which is amazing. Um, so there's a few different types of theology just to sort of give everyone a framework of what we're talking about. That was biblical theology, the big story. And there's also uh, systematic theology. So what that's just talking about specific doctrines, specific topics that we study in the Bible that the Bible speaks to us about. So um, in that category, are there any uh, doctrines or just ideas that stand out in this, in this chapter that you are studying? Yeah, I mean, when I talk about how one of the, one of the reasons we can count it all joy uh, is uh, the steadfastness. And when steadfastness have its full effect, we become perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Just the idea of sanctification, you know, that's just the, mm-hmm. the theological concept that it's all of the Christian life is growing in holiness uh, to become more and more like Christ. Um, you know, that's original God's original intent in in the creation is that we are created in his image and uh, because of sin, we are broken. And then when we come to faith in Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit now dwelling in us. And then so we are growing uh, in holiness in that sanctification process to eventually be glorified before him um, when he comes to restore all things. Uh, So I'd say that's, you know, that one is definitely in there. Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, there's all kinds of things in there that you could probably 
point to as well, but that's probably the main mm-hmm. systematic theology concept that would be helpful to, to think more about. Yeah. And that's even just helpful just to understand, you know, these aren't doctrines that no, these are doctrines that we are thinking about already. Yeah. You know, yeah. what, what is the point? You know, why yep. is there suffering all those things? Yep. Yeah. So I know that you, you guys spend a lot of time preparing for Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings. Um, and you already mentioned you, you don't have the time to say everything maybe you want to say. So what are the things that you wish you could be telling people about or going into more about on Sunday that you just didn't have time to say? Uh, yeah, even as I just kind of work through the passage here, I mean, there's, there's some things that are just around the background of James that, man, the more that you look into it, it's just, it's just fascinating to, to look into it. I mean, uh, so one of those is just the, um, like the, the apologetic or the, um, just the, the firmness of your faith in, in looking at like the New Testament witnesses, you know, James and Paul and Peter and people who are like that. James to me stands out as far as people who are questioning how, how true all of this might be, is that here's a guy that he was born and raised with Jesus. Um, if anyone was just going to say, yeah, all that stuff is crazy. Like I grew up in the same room as this guy, it would be James. Mm-hmm. And yet here's a guy that he, he, he was executed for his faith, that his brother was the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so... Um, you know, just to think about this guy didn't just go to his grave. He went to a, uh, you know, he had, he had a terrible end to his life because of what he believed in. Um, and so just to be able to talk about that more and really like, let that sink in, like this, this, this is a a faith that he believed in so deeply that he gave his life for this. And so, um, you know, we're right, we're reading the words of somebody who believed that deeply. Um, you know, when you get into, what does it mean to have trials of various kinds? Um, there's just a there's a lot of lot of deep work that you can do on that um, because what he means by various kinds is the the whole spectrum of things that we experience in our life from you know the worst of the worst to just the little annoyances and conflicts that we might have throughout our life. Like he's saying, you're going to go through all kinds of different trials, and yet throughout it all, count it all joy. Um, and so, I mean, you know, it, it's just hard to, to in, a, in a short message that we have a lot of text to get through, to really spend a lot of time talking about, okay, that end of the spectrum of trials that is, you know, pain and suffering, um, you know, that's the stuff that in a church family we're seeing all the time. I mean, you know, we're walking with people through the loss of a loved one and uh, going through cancer treatment and... I mean, you, you name it. And so there's just a whole lot of stuff that you could get into that mm-hmm. it's just hard to get into in one, one message. Um, so, I mean, you know, th- this book, Tim Keller wrote a book called Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering. Uh, extremely helpful. Very good book. Um, you know, I've got this thing underlined. I mean, it's, it's really, really good. Um, you know, I, I use it a little bit as a resource for this one. But again, it's just, you know, there's only so deep you can get into that, that particular aspect of trials. And so, um, that's something that I wish I could have spent more time on, but again, you only got so much real estate in your, your message. So, um, but you know, little, little tidbits are always in there. I mean, I know that, you know, one of the things that's kind of fun to hear about is, uh, like the word he, he talks about, um, not being double-minded, uh, verse eight, chapter one, verse eight, you know, that someone who is, you know, 
double-minded man, unstable in all his ways, someone who's basically questioning God, they're, they're doubting, they're not asking with complete faith. The word that James uses is, uh, is a word that uh, all, like it first appears in the book of James in all like Greek literature. So uh, it may have been used in other ways in other times, maybe just people spoke it around, but like there's no other written record of it before James. Uh, and I think it's like the word uh, like dipsychos or something like that. So it's like the word uh, like sukos or psychos, like meaning soul. Mm-hmm. And so he's saying it's double soul, like two souls. Like you have this, you know, this split within your soul where you're trying to trust God, but you're not fully trusting God. And that, that, you know, that describes a lot of what we struggle with, mm-hmm. you know, that there's this part of us that is trying to live into this faith where we're trusting in Jesus and uh, believing that what he has is good, that he is able and willing to answer our prayers. And then yet, we're, we're just kind of hedging our bets a little bit. You know, yeah. we want to try to trust in our own resources, uh, trust our own plans, what the world might have for us, just in case Jesus isn't really enough or he's not really going to mm-hmm. answer the way we want to. Um, and so, I mean, just the, that word double-minded is, is good if you really dig oh, into yeah. what does it mean for you. So, Well, really, I'm just everything you're, you're talking about to me sort of has the same... Um, the, the same idea, you know, suffering, but this ultimate hope, sanctification, but we're still double-minded. It really, a lot of what you're talking about is the already not yet yep. and the story. Yep. Um, so that all, I mean, it makes me want to study it more just listening to you talk about oh, it. Oh, yeah. And, and then, I mean, I don't know how much you want to go on this, but like, it, you know, <laughs> uh, verse 9 through 11, when he starts getting into the rich and the poor and don't spend a whole lot of time on that because he, he gets into rich and poor a little bit later on. So kind of, you know, trying to save a little bit for people who are going to be preaching a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but the idea that suffering is is a leveling thing for everybody. It's mm-hmm. like, it doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor, you're, you're going to go through trials of various kinds. And so um, if you are trying to rest in your own resources and your own planning and your own security that you get from your finances and the status that you might get from that. I mean, I just, I love the way he talks about it. He's like, you're, you're going to uh, pass away like the flowers of the grass, mm-hmm. right? The sun, the sun's going to rise and you have the scorching heat, or uh, I think the word there is more like the scorching wind and the grass is going to wither, you know, and the flowers fall the beauty perishes. So will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. And so when he's talking about the pursuits there, he's talking about like the, the business transactions of this rich man. So he's got all these deals going and he's like, it's all just going to fade away. It's like what you're trusting in, it's all just going to be gone one day. And, and what are you going to have? And so he's, you know, the call is to, to have the, really the same faith as the person who's poor. Mm-hmm. It's to not, not to be focusing on your, your own resources, whether you have them or you don't have them, but to focus on um, trust in Jesus. And then that yeah. allows you to have this, this joy, even in the midst of wh- wherever you find yourself. Yeah, you suffering know. or wealth. So, yeah. It does sound like wisdom literature, yeah. like you said. I mean, you can see him pulling from that. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? You can go, you can say as much as you want to say. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> one of the things with James, he is, he's well acquainted with the teachings of Jesus. And so there's all these echoes of particularly the Sermon on the Mount. And so even in verse 12, as it wraps up, you know, blesses man who remains steadfast under trial, you know, it's kind of this echoing of beatitudes from uh, the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. So, um, you know. How to, how to live the blessed life, mm-hmm. you know. And nothing, nothing is random in yep. scripture. I love hearing yep. where all the connections are. Yep. It's so helpful. 
Okay, so if, if we're going to take everything you're talking about and your sermon, and we're going to live that practically out, what does that look like? Yeah. Um, I mean, it really comes down to um, how do you view the trials in your life? As do you, do you view them as setbacks or barriers for what you're ultimately trying to accomplish for your own life? Or do you see that, that God has a whole different perspective on all those things, that he actually is trying to accomplish a different perspective or different uh, purpose for your life. He's trying to ultimately uh, bring you into the fullness of the experience of him. And so all these trials from his perspective is they're, they're not setbacks and they're not, you know, detours, but they're actually part of what he's trying to do. He, he's accelerating that process um, of trying to make you more and more like Christ. And that, that changes our perspective. Um, you know, Tim Keller, uh, he, he talks about um, how joy and sadness are not opposites from each other, that the Bible in many places talk about how joy and sadness actually can happen at the same time. But joy is like this buoyancy that, that keeps you afloat when you are being tossed around and you're getting wet from all the, the, the waves, you, you don't sink. And so, um, you know, practically, it, it looks like us being reminded of that truth. And I would also say that, uh, that part of living into this is to um, do the, the, the necessary prep work in your life in those times where you're not going through trials of various kinds, because one day they will happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, that's one thing I talked about in the message is um, trials and pain and suffering, all the things that we might go through, they, they have a tendency to either strengthen our faith or to harden our heart. And when you're not going through those different trials, uh, that's the time to, continue to work on strengthening your faith because when they do come, it, it makes you less likely to have this hardened heart that, mm-hmm. you know, where the, the ship sinks because you, you just have nothing to really anchor into your soul. Um, sorry, I'm mixing metaphors between buoyancy and anchor there, but, um, it works, um, it works. It works. Yeah. So, um, I would say practically, um, to really think about what does it look like for me to follow Jesus even if I'm not going through trials, like if it's like, man, everything's going great, like family's good and like life is going well, it's like be, pre- be preparing for the storm. You know, I mean, we know what it's like to live in an area where it's like hurricane season and they're, they're you know, when you're in May or June and they start sending out the things and saying, all right, get ready for hurricane season. Make sure you, you know, you have this, this, this. And it's like, yeah, that, that's, that's part of our life is mm-hmm. you, you prepare for things that, that might happen. And James is saying, well, well, this will happen in some form, various kinds. And so what does it look like for you to practically prepare your faith for those different trials that you might come to? And so be in community and reading the Bible and growing in prayer, um, you know, practicing your faith where you're growing closer and closer to Jesus, um, you know, surrendering your, your resources to God, you know, giving generously to God that helps you to, to not trust in your own resources, but uh, giving it to him. Uh, you know, if any of you acts, uh, lacks wisdom, let him ask God. I mean, nope, everybody lacks wisdom. I mean, so continue to ask God for wisdom and how you're handling anything that you're going through as this practice of I'm trusting in, in, mm-hmm. in him that no matter what happens, when I go through these trials, that's my default is I'm, I'm going to God and asking for wisdom and I'm asking for him to, to work things out for his glory and my good. And um, 
So, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I love that too because it's not preparing for storms out of fear. It's preparing for storms out of from hope. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's what you first said. This is about hope and what God is 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 doing in us and is going to do ultimately. So that's yep. just completely different than than fear. So what about for you uh, individually, you personally? How did preparing and studying and giving this message, how did it change your heart? Uh, I mean, I think that, that main verse, count on all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, uh, that's, a, that's a hard thing to actually live out. You know, it sounds really good. You know, count it all joy. I mean, the word all there is like, a, it's about, uh, it's, it's almost like a describing a degree of joy. So it's like, it's, a, it's the fullness of joy. It's pure joy is really what that's trying to describe there. So count it, count it this as pure joy. Uh, I don't know if we can really fully ever really appreciate that when we go through trials of various kinds. Um, so just trying to uh, just think for my own life, do I really believe that? You know, and what does that really look like for me? Um, being in the role that I'm in, uh, it's like I, I see and I hear and I walk with people who are going through trials of various kinds. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, and so you, you see like the heartache and you see the pain and the suffering. And, um, so, I mean, just to kind of think practically, like how, how is my own heart prepared for things like that? Um, how does that then shape how I'm walking with other people who are going through that and caring for them and, um, trying to grow in, in empathy? Um, so, so yeah, I mean it's it's just a, mm-hmm. it's a sobering thing when you think about what trials of various kinds mean to people. Mm-hmm. Mean to the people who are reading James then and now and all the centuries in between, you yeah, know, it's not what abstract. people have gone through, yeah. you know. Um so yeah, man, just letting that press through, press into my heart more and more. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thanks yeah. for all of the work you put into it and for your sermon and for this conversation. Super, super fun and super helpful. Yep. So thank you. Thanks for being here. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Again, I'm Rachel. Thanks so much for joining us today.